0: welcome back to the program you know it's very serious when Adrian Presenko makes the uh, long journey across from the channel 9 <laughs> building to the to the SENC you know he's got something that he's got to get off his chest that he's written a great yarn that there's something's just gone up on the SMH website you never know what it, which one of it is that uh, today, Adrian Prezenko. Good afternoon. Yes.
1: Good afternoon, Jimmy. Can I claim mileage as well? It's about 150 meters, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you can, but you won't be able to claim much. All right, let's have a look at this yarn that has gone up. Titans power brokers embroiled in Hasler's legal battle with Manly. Okay, it's gone up an hour ago, so not even hot off the presses. The presses haven't started on this one. <laughs> What's the latest with Des V Manly?
1: Okay, so he's set for a directions hearing tomorrow, which is a fairly procedural sort of aspect of the Supreme Court action that he's taking. Um, So interestingly, and I can't hear myself at the moment, but that's okay. Yep. Um, So look, will this be resolved on the courtroom steps, which many people believe will ultimately be the case? That could could well happen. Yep. Um, But as it stands both parties are prepared to proceed to court. So they've had mediation talks. Uh, Scott Penn has been involved with Des Hasler's management for several months. Yes. That hasn't gone anywhere. And the new twist in all of this is all of a sudden now that the email records, phone records, etc. of Titans officials are, are set to be subpoenaed. Ooh. So it could embroil, you know, the likes of uh, Rebecca Frizzell or Steve Mitchell or even a Dennis Watt. Uh, so all of a sudden, Des is going up to the Gold Coast Titans for a fresh start. And all of this, all of these skeletons could potentially be coming out of the closet as we speak. So, okay. What do Titans directors have to fear? Well, nothing at this point, right. outside of the fact that it's a distraction. Like right. he's, yeah. he's about to, you know, start a new campaign with it at a new club. And all of a sudden you know all of his dealings with his former club are, are taking up his time so yep. it's it's a distraction he doesn't need
0: yeah so let's be clear so des claimed he didn't know about the rainbow jerseys uh, until it was too late mm. then the other then the next point was that then there was a list of um, oh, the demands but conditions Yep. put to him about how it would look moving forward as yep. coach of Manly. He agreed to those conditions. Yep. He signed the deal. And then seven days later, he didn't have the job. That's basically where we're at.
1: Yeah. So the the argument is that by accepting those conditions, and my understanding is that Manly put those on him thinking, he's never going to accept this. He's a <laughs> micromanager. We're going to put all of these yep. thi- you know, things on him about a succession plan and whether he's involved in retention or recruitment and all these different things going forward. And they thought, Des won't, won't do this. So Des, perhaps quite cleverly, said, well, okay, good as gold. I'm going to go ahead. And, and and he felt, or his management and his lawyer felt that by accepting those conditions, he has extended his contract for the 2023 season. Right. So I think it was about six or seven days later, they said, ta-ta, Des, you're gone. So whether or not, you know, the, the contract was repudiated or otherwise, yes. that's what will all be ventilated in court. Um, or not. Or not? Yeah, right. Depending so, on whether uh, whether there is an outcome beforehand. And when you say outcome, Adrian, what to what do We're you? We're talking refer? a settlement. <laughs> That's well, right. Look, it's 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 clear. Like there is a, there will be a golden number that will make all of this go away. Yep. And Des will have a certain number in his mind. Manly will have another one that says, "Well, you know, for the sake of not having to pay our lawyers and go through the trouble." Yep. This is what we think the number is. Yeah. And so far, they haven't been able to agree on said number.
0: Yeah. There's a window of there's a spectrum of agreement in there somewhere, so they've just yeah. got to work out where that is.
1: The interesting thing, too, in looking at the state, because I've got both the statement of claim and the statement of defence. Yes. And in the statement of claim, they're saying, well, you know, because of the Pride jersey scenario, we had seven players that were out, and that that, you know, crueled morale, um, we yes. didn't win another game afterwards, um, and therefore that's one of the reasons why we didn't make the top eight, and therefore Dez wasn't able to trigger an extension. Now, the defence for that is well, you're actually outside the top eight before then. Mm. So you're coming ninth. Um, you had to face several clubs that have already beaten you. You don't have Tom Trubojevic at your disposal. Yep. Um, and all of those seven players were available for all but that one game against the Roosters. Yeah. So it's yeah. purely speculative to say that that you know, because of that one jersey in that one game yes. that you would have otherwise made the finals. So yeah. I, I find that fascinating. How can you prove that? One way or the other.
0: Very interesting which expert witnesses they call. If it's Andrew from Manly Weather, one of our regular <laughs> yes. teams, he'll say, yeah, we could have won every game. And we know that is not the case. Jerome Luai has signed with Black Money Enterprises, Walk Wright and his team there. So it feels like November 1, he's going to market. What are the implications for the Panthers and all the other clubs in the National Rugby League now?
1: Well, there was an opportunity for him to potentially do a deal with Penrith before yes. November 1. And that um, still exists. Yes, yes. And look, that's uh, everything coming out of the Panthers is we want to keep you. But as it stands, because of salary cap pressure, we're absolutely maxed out at 800. Yep, We can't offer you any more. Um, there was an opportunity for Jerome to do the deal directly with the club which before he'd appointed a new manager, if he yes. so chose to. Yes. And that would have saved him about 6.5% in agent fees, which... 50K. That's, that's plenty over the course of yep. a multi-million dollar deal. That's yep. a, a six-figure amount. Um, it feels like he will now... He would. I, I, I'd be stunned if he appointed a new manager not to test the mark. Correct. Um, and his new management look after Latrell Mitchell, Jack Wyden, yep. Cody Walker, several other high-profile NRL players. Um, And I actually spoke to Jerome about this in Grand Final Week. I said, you know, you've been linked with Black Money and the guys there. And he said, yeah, they're good guys. You know, I have to have a think about what I'm worth. And he said, I've spoken to several managers about what they think I'm worth. And I dare say there will be a club that would be prepared to pay the best part of 1.1, maybe even $1.2 million. So if you're leaving, say, 300K, On the table, and I understand half of that's going to go to the tax man, of course. That is still a lot of money, um, particularly for a guy who has won three competitions in a row. It's not like he hasn't done that. And in some respects, I don't know if that makes it harder or easier. You sort of think, well, I can stay here. And as Phil Gould boldly predicted, this is a team that could potentially win five or six in a row. Who's going to stop them? Yeah. But on the flip side, you think, well, I've already won three, so maybe... I've ticked that box and I can worry about my young family and setting them up for the rest of their lives as well.
0: Yeah, and the argument to that will be, well, you can set them up with 800, Mm. Yeah, but... Y- you, you can know, set
1: them up better with 1.1 1. 1 or 1.2. 1. Probably 2. <laughs> a little bit better. That that is.
0: Uh, yeah. So now let's look at some of the... The Bulldogs know that they're after a halfback. Do we see Jerome Luai as an organising halfback? So that's why it would have been nice to see him turn mm-hmm. out for Samoa. Yep. Again, in this specific championships, we know he's not doing that. The Dragons have Junior Ramon, who has been stood down. Yes. And potentially in December goes to jail.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So they also would be a club there that... Would look at and go to Ben Hunt, thinking about the Ben Hunt situation, saying, yep. "Oh, maybe we have a solution."
1: Well, Ben Hunt doesn't feel to me like a long term solution. <laughs> <you know? laughs> not long, not long term at all. I mean, he's. It sounds like you know under sufferance he'll be there next year, mm. um, and perhaps you know Flanagan and, and Hunt will make a deal where they say, "Look, well, give me twelve months, and I'll find a replacement for you." Um, but give, but give us the best twelve months. They have a backup in that Kyle Flanagan um, has signed to them yep. as well. Um, but yeah, you know, they've already released Jaden Sullivan. Yeah, uh, Junior Amon. We don't know if and when he'll be playing next. So uh,
0: it's that's that's. So when Kyle Flanagan is going to turn up there, uh, excluding the fact that he's the coach's son, mm. I, I see him as a fourteen. I don't. I don't mm. even see him as a six or a, His, his I, best footy has been out of dummy half.
1: I, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. So, but, uh, but. If you're Shane Flanagan, all of a sudden you've got a compelling case. If you think that your son is the right guy, in that you've let one go, you've yep. got one possibly behind bars, depending on how yeah. that sentencing hearing on December 6 goes. Yep. Um, and there's nothing else on the open market right now.
0: Hmm. Non-sanctioned sporting events. We're talking about the Curry knockout uh, and, and what's happening there. So this is just an insurance thing that the NRL is mm. looking at going, well, we did it this year. We're going to review it next year. They did it for the Murray knockout too uh, up there in Queensland. Mm. So and, and, it, and it also might extend into your area as well with boxing because mm. we saw the fight night up in Townsville yeah, as absolutely. well. So thoughts on this?
1: Interesting because, you know, clubs – Let's take the boxing first. Like yep. some clubs will say, you know, say junior Barlow. Like this is a, a great opportunity for you. And in uh, Parramatta's case, Regan Campbell Gillard was always yes. uh, was also on that card on the Battle of the Roof. It's like, well, if this is what you want to do, that's great because you're going to lose some weight. You're going to keep fit over the summer months. Um, you go with our blessing, it, as Brad Arthur said just make sure you win, which they did. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Um, but there's a risk involved with that. Of course. Like, um, you know, you had Big Nelson there, you had, you know, Tal Malolo. Forget about even the – with the boxing stuff, the, the risk sort of feels like outside of the risk of injury, what does that do to a, the aura of a Jason Tal Malolo in that he's been yeah. in the ring and now been defeated by yeah. an opponent? I mean, even that sort of – I don't know, there's – I don't know what you can sort of it, – it's not tangible – but you just lose, I feel you lose something because you're, you're this bad guy who's an enforcer on the field and all of a sudden you've been in the ring and been bested by another front rower. You know, the, the, well,
0: history says that 31 years ago, uh, the great Bruce Sinclair uh, playing front row for the Eastern Suburbs Roosters at the time, well, Tony Priddle was playing for the Dragons, right? He was going to play for Australia in the yep. front row. He pushed Bruce Sinclair on a Friday night game. Bruce whacked him, Yeah, knocked him out.
1: The next week, wingers wanted to fight Tony Priddle. <laughs> it's true. But even look at Carl Webb. So he was a guy who was at the top of his game, uh, renowned Mar- Marone's enforcer, was beaten up pretty badly by someone with absolutely no name, um, zero notoriety, and he was never the same player again, although joining Parramatta probably didn't help during those who, uh, tough who years. Who beat him in the boxing ring? Oh, it was – I can't remember. Okay. But it was – I don't recall that. Yeah, 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 right. But but just just things like that can hurt, and you know, as to your point with the the career knockout, I think a lot of the clubs sort of are concerned about the the prospect of injury, or yep. you know, in Josh had a car's case incident. Um, but at the same time, they don't want to stop them doing that's you know something that's you know a really massive community um, sort of event for them. Yes. Um, so. It's well, it's a very well, the, difficult balance to strike, isn't it? It, it?
0: The other option is say, no, you can't play now. No club's going to do that. But what yep. they will say, you can play, and we'll cover you with insurance, and when we send you away. We want to know that there is due process and protocols being followed. Mm. I'd say that's the more, the more likely of the outcomes. Um, P and G, eighteenth team.
1: Yep, yep. Oh, look, it's we've we've spoken about it several times, Jimmy. I still think that they they're the P to get the next license. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Nothing confirmed? Nothing, no. no, nothing's confirmed. Nothing's changed. I spoke to Andrew Hill and some other people this morning. Um, it was a good event, I understand, in Port Moresby. Um, you know, they're obviously playing internationals at home at the moment as part of the Pacific Championships and that all as well. Um, but it's just, I find it really interesting because, you know, we talk about this battle for the Pacific and China's talking about having a reciprocal visa deal while all of the NRL negotiations are going on, so you can clearly see that they're on the front line. Yeah. Um. In terms of well, geopolitics. Yeah. Which is which is incredible. But you know, it's a, it's a country like like many of great contrast, and people say, well, it is a, a poor country, and in in many respects it is. But they also have some of the most cashed up companies in the world, which is part of the reason why China wants a piece of it. Mm. Um, and for their like natural their, resources. For their natural yeah, resources. So, and also yeah. like their, their jersey, like the, the um, p and Hunters jersey, in terms of the sponsorship and the money that's invested in, in blazing all those sponsors, would be worth more than any other NRL club.
0: Wow. Yep. Okay, that's great that the, the cashed-up companies are there, which I'm sure yes. all returns are going to shareholders, and none of whom live in Papua New Guinea. But that yes. is a completely separate issue. Uh, Tim Zoo versus Brian Mendoza, how was it?
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. It yeah. was um, it was a good event. Um, good to spend some time on the Gold Coast for many reasons, one of which I got to see the, the great Scott Sattler while I was up there, which was terrific. We call him Scott Sattler here. Mm.
0: We don't call him the great Scott Sattler, but
1: anyway, that's actually <laughs> well, well, he's, he's both. Um <laughs> No, it was good. Well, firstly, with Brian Mendoza, um, like he charmed everyone while he was there. He was right. a gentleman. Okay. He, he conducted a lot of uh, fantastic media con- yep. you know, press conferences and was very likable um, and gave us some good um, content in the lead-up to it. But none of that matters unless you can back it up in the ring. Sure. And he backed it up. Like, Talk about it being backed up. Like Some of the uppercuts that he copped in the seventh round would have felled an elephant. It was yeah. ridiculous. But he kept coming. Yeah. Um, he put up a good fight particularly in the first few rounds. Um, and I think a mark of Tim Zhu's respect for him was that he was more cautious. Right. Um, and what, in his previous fight, he, he um, beat Brian Acampo and knocked him out in – sorry, um, Carlos Acampo in the first round like, yeah. after 77 seconds. He doesn't learn anything from that. Yes. Right? Whereas this, this is a guy who's genuinely world-class, took him the full distance – um, and that's the sort of test that Tim Zhu needs because what happens next, they, it's a massive step up. If he gets the sorts of fights that he's talking about that he wants. Yes. I mean, if he's talking about Canelo Alvarez or Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence Jr. Or Jamel Charlo, which yeah. would be the one that yeah. I really want to see. And I think Tim wants to see and everyone wants to see, they are going to be a, a, a big notch up in class and he has to be ready to take that step. And, it's, it's, he's at a real crossroads in many respects in that he's almost at a point now where he could be the first pay-per-view star in America, the first Australian where, where Americans are actually paying money to watch since his father. No one's done that since then. There've been world title fights. Yeah. So the best of my knowledge, that hasn't happened. Now he was on Showtime, Jimmy, and Showtime's about to close <laughs> after yeah. 37 years. Yeah. So again, that's another intangible in terms of where... Will that platform be, you know, where does his career go? But there's a great opportunity for him to be part of this NRL Vegas push. And we know he's a South yep. Sydney fan. Yep. He's mates with Luttrell and Cody Walker, etc., etc. But again, there's going to be logistical problems in that, in that the footy will be probably played on a Saturday night American time which is tradition so so they yes, are themed back yes. here on a Sunday Sunday afternoon yes and that's normally the boxing time slot yeah it is so if you're doing it on a say a Friday that's not it doesn't normally work as well for the American market so yep. there are all of these little obstacles that are starting to present themselves none of which are insurmountable but they're the sorts of things that he and his management need to negotiate as he takes these next next steps towards you know becoming a global superstar
0: the Brian Mendoza of Australian Rugby League journalists. Br- very likeable is our man Adrian Presenko. <laughs> We've gone way over, mate, but uh, always great to get you in and thank you for that. Uh, what have you got? You got time off? You got,
1: what are you- no, no, I'll be around for a while until early December. So oh, very well good. Happy to bother you uh, as, as long as you'd like me to. Uh,
0: we love the fact that you're able to get in transit for 150 metres and come over here. That was fantastic. <laughs> we are late for the news. Let's get there now.